Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the wrap-up podcast for 2022 Groundhog Day activities. This was our fifth annual Groundhog Day stream, uh, and it was an unbelievable success, I got to say. We set, I think, a $13,750 goal because I didn't think we could beat last year's. Last year, if you recall, we raised $17,047. For $17,047.74 for the Cure Alzheimer's Fund. And that was such an enormous... And we had, like, you know, a lot of things going for us. Like, all of the Star Trek movies we watched last year were Amazon Live Watch capable or Watch Party capable. So, like, everyone could sync up and there's that kind of feature. Star Trek is super popular. Um, you know, this year we went with the James Bond marathon. I honestly, you know, and every year it's like, what are the odds? You're going to just fucking get more and more money every year. That doesn't seem very realistic. So I, I, I picked it. What, what would be the average money raising goal? You mm-hmm. know, we, we, we uh, collected almost uh, $54,000 of charity on groundhog days total then divide that by four. Boom. Here you go. We, when everything was was said and done, all the money's collected, all the bits trickled in, all the subs uh, counted, we raised $20,533.05 that we're going to cut a check to the Cure Alzheimer's Fund. And pretty good. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that that's is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um I that is such a phenomenal amount of money. Uh, for such a worthy cause and uh, again I just have to give it up to the bald move community because without y'all me and Jim are just two guys uh, making stupid jokes in front of James Bond for 24 hours and uh, ain't nothing good coming from it mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know with us all all pooling our, our resources together um, you know I still uh, I, they, they said uh, we're going to have an interview with uh, Connor from the Curals folks uh, fund. And uh, he said, we're still the reigning champ of their online uh, fundraising division. So nice putting, we're, we're, we're lapping them. We're putting, putting uh, <laughs> distance between us and them. Uh, so I'm, I'm just uh, super proud. Um, it was a really good time. You know, we did the, I, I think this noon on uh, this, this noon to noon format works really well. Um, not that it's easy, Cause God, I will say this graveyard shift hit me pretty hard. Like, oh yeah, from four o'clock in the morning until the sun came up, and I it started getting into like that that like real low or that that was rough. <laughs> I felt better this year than I did last. Uh, no, no, better this year than I did two years ago. Because last year was the Star Trek one. The when we were in our office for the final time. Oh, uh, the the disaster marathon. Yes, God, that was I felt one of your like, dragon ass. I felt like the apocalypse had hit my bowels by the end of that <laughs> stream because oh, I felt so bad. This this year wasn't so bad. Um, I was definitely sleepy, but I felt pretty good, all things considered. Yeah, we um, 
it, we had a great time. We, we, um, you know, like every year we have some grandiose plans and I think this year might be the, the plan for 2023. We might actually get it done, but you know, we wanted to like, you know, get a group of bald move volunteers to kind of form committees and get like, you know, organize things like, uh, um, uh, merchandise that uh, we can raffle off and uh, celebrity engagement to see because you know it'd been amazing if we could gotten you know we wouldn't have but we if you got Daniel Craig you know the, the, sure. the tweet out that we're doing this James Bond marathon or something like that uh, or even if he would have provided some autograph like something like that that would would take it to the next level um, we we wanted to do that and we got busy with uh, the end of our year stuff and our Christmas stuff. And we then decided to do the expanse very belt of Christmas. And it just, we didn't have time to make it bigger and better. We want to do that this year, but we thought, you know what, 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 what can we do? We found these James Bond 25 film collection boxes. Uh, that seemed cool. We could get those and the bald move would donate those. And every new James Bond, you know, when we get from Connery to more, we'd, we'd offer one up. And then like a couple weeks before, um, I developed a relationship with Chase Stone. He'd listened to our Bald Move podcast. I've been a fan of his work on Magic the Gathering, and he did some uh, project work for us, did the covers for me and Anthony's Gods of Thrones books. He reached out and said, hey, I've got a couple of uh, booster packs, booster boxes of Magic the Gathering cards. I've got some artist proofs, which is these uh, – when an artist draws a card for Magic the Gathering – Wizards of the Coast gives them 50 of these special edition called Artist Proofs where they're blank on one side. They have the card art in the other. They're foily. They're limited edition. He's like, I'll, I'll donate some of those. Um, and that that was cool. So we had a yeah. giveaway. And then um, uh, one of our regulars on Cinematic Sundays and our Working Wednesdays, our, our Twitch streams, Anna, stepped forward and said she had two metallic wall prints from The Expanse, one for the U.S., the UNN Doniger and the the Canterbury water hauler and she would put those up so we had like just about every hour we had a a pretty nice uh, piece of merch to to auction off and that kind of keeps you know keeps things humming even in the dead of night you know you know people want to try to win the prizes so um it's one of those things that kind of happened organically uh and uh, maybe next year we can we can do it even better with with the help of volunteers uh, I guess before going further, I want to shout out a couple of people. First, Chase Stone. Thank you, thank you, thank you for donating all that uh, Magic Gathering merch. That was a big hit uh, with our crowd. Anna, again, thanks for the uh, metallic wall prints uh, from The Expanse. And Michelle, uh, Beach and Burnett, um, is uh, the, you know, as she says, bullies people for their lunch money. She was keeping people focused because that's the thing. It's like sometimes Jim and I, we get busy having fun and, and goofing off and punchy and we forget that, oh, yeah, we're raising money. <laughs> uh-huh. And we've been sitting here for an hour and uh, not much has happened. Michelle Michelle keeps uh, keeps people on task and uh, on, on, on focused. So thank you for uh, those folks that, uh, that that help make this uh, a success. Again, twenty over twenty thousand dollars, almost twenty one thousand um, dollars. The other thing I need to do is there are two people that I've not heard from, so that I can get your your winnings. You know, we we had all these things we raffled away. Uh, Dina A A R Dinar, uh, I owe you a James Bond blu-ray disc collection set so if you want to hit us up at uh, or hit me up at a ron a dot ron at baldmove.com uh, also jason g333 you got one of the most exclusive you got one of the chase stone artist proofs 
It's Chromium the Mutable. And Chase offered to do a custom sketch. Anything you want him to draw on the reverse side, that blank white side, uh, he'll do. Those things are those things are pretty pretty exclusive, pretty valuable on the uh, open market. And just as a Magic the Gathering fan, so. If you guys would please, Dina R and Jason G three three three, hit me up at a dot ron at baldmove dot com. Uh, let me know your address. I will get that stuff shipped out. Also, I've got my hands on the Bond collections, and I'm probably going to move the bulk of those this weekend. I have not gotten some of the other stuff, and it's going to take me probably another week or two to get my arms around all everything out to get it shipped out. But uh, that stuff should be happening pretty soon. Um, Bald Move podcast. Maybe we should talk about the content a little bit. Yeah. This was a I'm James excited. Bond marathon, Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite Bond? Uh, Who's your favorite Bond? Who or which movie? Uh, well, well, let's go who one and the then same, which. Uh, Pierce Brosnan is my favorite James Bond. Uh, probably because he's the Bond I grew up with. And he's the Bond yeah. from Goldeneye favorite movie that and that's yeah. going in that was your you know it's like i i'm a i'm a pierce guy mm-hmm. i'm a golden eye guy that's that did the the 24 hour marathon experience change your opinion about your favorite bond your favorite bond movie or is there anything you had your eyes open favorite? to certainly yeah it was an eye-opening experience because i've only really seen the modern era of james bond which starts for me in the pierce brosnan era and goes through daniel craig I've seen all of those movies, uh, but I had seen basically none of the Connery, Moore, Dalton, uh, Lazenby. La- yeah. See, I, can't, I couldn't even remember his name. Uh, th- that guy. I've seen basically none of those. So this was kind of cool. I was a little bummed going in that we were only going to watch the one uh, Pierce Brosnan movie because, I mean, it is the best. It's Goldeneye and the others are kind of shitty, but. It turned out we called an audible somewhere in the middle and ended up watching Tomorrow Never Dies as well. Uh, yeah, we had a that, full on, we had a charity rebellion. Yeah, there was uh, some it, kind it, of insurrection in chat uh, that Eric started and because he's a uh, big fan of Tomorrow Never Dies and Pierce Brosnan mm-hmm. era. Um, and I wasn't going to turn it down because I like Pierce. Uh, but I, I kind of thought that was a shittier movie than it turned out to be. I think the only problem with that movie is the main villain is not very good. The the high sparrow and and his media mogul empire stuff is just not super yeah, compelling. Right. It just shows like they man the post Cold War pre new Cold War slash war on terrorism, they're like Bond didn't have much to do. He's like, yeah, ah yeah. I don't know. I Rupert fight the Murdoch slash Ted Turner. Yeah, somebody uh-huh. yeah. These guys f- 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 making making fake wars to make m- real money. I did it's kind of nebulous the the connection there. No, Tomorrow Never Dies has the the BMW in the garage with the remote control mm. stuff. Um, that's pretty cool. And yeah, the, the driving through the city with the motorcycles. Uh, I, I thought it was cooler than I remembered it being. I uh, I I think my favorite James Bond historically has been. Um, like either Casino Royale or Skyfall, one of the newer ones. Um, okay. You know, I, I've seen most. I've seen most of the James Bond. I've certainly seen a representative of every era. But like my all-time favorite James Bond was always Roger Moore, because hmm. I uh, when I was growing up, like he was always like you know uh, ABC would have these Cinema Sunday things, kind of like what we do, where like you know nine o'clock they would have a, a made you know an, an edited for TV movie, and a lot of times it was James Bond stuff. 
And a lot of times it's Roger Moore because I was the hot Moore at the time or the hot Bond at the time. And I never, I always felt kind of embarrassed because he's kind of known as like the campiest, you know, Bond. He's like very, mm-hmm. you know, Austin Powersy, and um. But I'm like, I don't know, I just like him. Well, we watched uh, Moonraker and The Spy Who Loved Me, and God damn it, I know why I like him so much. He's got the best gadgets. Like, sure, this guy, this James Bond has a Lotus that transforms into a submarine. <laughs> man, it's fucking, cool. he's got ray guns and spaceships and he's got he's the best villain in my opinion the the jaws character has got the giant yeah. you know steel teeth that he can bite through cables <laughs> and Moonraker. human beings and sharks he bit a shark to death in a james bond <laughs> hell yeah roger moore is good I, moonraker is an insane movie and i absolutely loved it i it was one of the highlights of it, yeah like Jaws falling in love and it, it ending up sacrificing himself on the with the hot little nerdy girl station. Yeah. yeah, incredible, incredible. It's so campy, it's so ridiculous, but it's so much fun. That that really yeah. changed my mind on yeah some of those older ones. I think um, another great one is Honor Majesty's Secret Service, which has like which which Bond is that? Is that Lazenby? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Lazenby. It's got like a an Olympics theme to it right um you know a lot of the bonds turn out to have olympic themes uh do they especially especially in the more era because i me and cecily just watched uh for your eyes only and i'll be damned that there wasn't another winter olympics and ski assassin scene yeah they love that shit but it's great like that's that downhill chase um and all the snow stuff uh do do they end up is that the movie where they end up in toboggans a toboggan Uh, I can't remember if, it, if that's the, the one or that's one of the, the Roger Moore. It the might one, be Roger the, Moore because it's so ridiculous. I yeah, God, yeah. God, Roger Moore stuff is so good. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think did a, love the more serious of, chases as well. A lot of the Bond fans, I don't think, have given the George Lazenby uh, Bond its due because it's very like out of nowhere. It's kind of like a Daniel. There is a couple scenes that are a little Austin Powersy, like when he's. Pretending to be a Scotch uh, professor, oh, uh, expert at heraldry, and there's like a whole he's plunged in this pitfall of uh, I don't know women with food allergies. It's a complicated uh-huh. plot, but like there's a lot of like really great stuff, like a really pat like you know um, it's got uh, a, the one of the greatest all time great uh, Bond girls, Diana Riggs, sure, uh, who you yeah. might know as the Lady Olena, the Queen of Thorns from Game of Thrones, uh, mm-hmm. who is one of the best Bond girls. I'll put her up there. And that climactic scene uh, where he invades Blofeld's uh, Winter Fortress up in the Alps mm-hmm. is like something out of Inception, man. It's insane. I mean, like, it definitely directly inspired Inception, right? It, it had to just have. like it. Yeah, it had to have. And, uh, you know, I think it took you a while to, like, get over the fact that George Lazenby is not any kind of James Bond you've ever seen before. But I think it's <laughs> yeah. a pretty good Bond. And it's one of the best uh, best written and, and uh, all in all performed uh, Bond films, I think. Yeah, I don't really uh, like him we as got James to Bond, in. but I did like that movie. Is that the one where they... He's the anti-Bronson, right? Yeah, he's like, he doesn't look, doesn't like look anything Bond. like a James Bond, but but he's Australian, but he's in one of the best <laughs> Bonds. Pierce, one of the it's best true. Bonds in just physical appearance and, and, and in terms of fitting the character, had mostly sucky Bonds. It's true. It's true. I, I can't argue with that. It is, is Honor Majesty's Secret Service the one where he throws a guy off a cliff and it's just 
absolutely hilarious. I th- there, think there are a so. couple of movies There's... where they really love throwing people off of high places and watching them yeah. fall. And I yeah. cracked up every time it happened. Yeah, it is funny. Like you throw it's it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a simple because effect of how... that works. You throw you throw a dummy <laughs> yeah. off a high cliff and watch it fall. <laughs> and it's not just like, oh, they threw it off, you know, the edge of a quarry or something. No, they throw it off a fucking Swiss Alp mountain. Uh, yeah, and it falls for a jumping. good 45 <laughs> seconds of film time. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's something else. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any, like I said, I, I really remember, um, I really liked, uh, I, I really liked the more era. Like we did the yep. bo- both of the ones that had jaws. Um, and I also really found the Craig stuff entertaining. We did, uh, mm-hmm. um, casino Royale. And it's also funny. Cause like, I think you had forgotten about the beanbag scene. I where did. James Bond gets gets his uh, testicles tortured. Uh, yeah. That's brutal. <laughs> I hated it. But that and Skyfall. Uh, God, Skyfall is so fucking good. Um, I actually yeah. picked up a copy. Uh, I got us a, a James Bond collection for ourselves because I, you know, I, I kept on getting jealous when I was showing it off and talking about its features. Mm-hmm. Um, they're great discs, man. You guys are winners. Got something to look forward to because each disc has a load of special features, has at least one commentary, um, uh, and they look great. They're you know great, uh, great uh, high def quality. Um, you know what surprised me the most? out of this what? whole marathon is that I think my least favorite of the movies we watch were the Sean Connery era movies. They have just like a, a least favorite pace. than the Dalton. There aren't a lot of like cool gadgets and stuff. And yeah, it's just especially, not what I think of when I think of James Bond there. I, so I want to see Thunderball cause I've not seen Thunderball, um, but it is like widely considered um, if not, the same quality as as uh, Goldfinger, like like a notch above. It's like supposed to be his okay. most action packed one too. Um, so I've been trying to like one of the things since I've I've been watching like the what's considered the the best of each Bond. Like the um, according to this one side, I found uh, uh, for your eyes only was the best of the more era. So huh. I watched that last weekend. I've been having a good time, but yeah, I there there are better more. Uh, action-packed and and the gadget-filled bonds uh, in, in in the Connery era for sure. Okay, but, yeah, uh, we watched Doctor No, and I, I liked Goldfinger a fair bit. Yeah, um, that that was okay, but Doctor No did basically nothing for me. Yeah, Doctor No was man. It's like when that the the big set piece of that is um, well, I guess it's like the what the nuclear. Uh, suit fight but like the big the, the sure. one of the big set pieces was the dragon you the know dragon finding out the dragon joke. he has on this island it's just this shitty little tank with <laughs> like a, a tiny joke. little flamethrower and yeah it's unintentional comedy but you know it's an old movie uh what was your favorite film from the uh from the marathon uh it's probably moonraker moonraker really brought a lot of uh laughs and a lot of action and it was exciting and fun those more films are breezy. They get around the globe, yeah. have, you know, spectacular kind of cinematography and scenery. And, uh, yeah, then they go to space. That fucking laser fight. Dude. <laughs> there's a, there's an all out space station war at the end of that thing that, mm-hmm. uh, pretty It got to be seen to be believed pretty much. Uh, uh-huh. um, okay. As far as individual moments, uh, our audience are comprised of children. Mm hmm. And, and as and such, the they get as well. 
in, in the whole, yeah, we, we set the proper example, and mm-hmm. uh, they get an inordinate amount of pleasure uh, with the with the the sixty nine the six nine combination. And as in years past, we successfully pulled down the six thousand nine hundred and sixty nine dollars and ninety six dollar donation. Uh, but we did. There's a controversial failure. Uh, people were yeah. looking forward to the sixteen thousand six hundred uh, or nine hundred and sixty nine dollars and ninety six cents. But there was some drama because as that deadline was approaching, we were also go- going into the last minute of one of the big coveted giveaways. Mm-hmm. So there was people wanting to coordinate <laughs> that that magic number hitting, and there's also people that wanted to hit their get get their uh, donations in for. I can't remember if it was one of the artist signed giveaways or the the box set giveaways, but we blew it. Yeah. We blew it. We couldn't come t- together and make it happen again, but. Uh, that's okay. The, other, it wasn't, the 16 nine six nine six nine is not pure, like the six nine six nine six nine. It's true. So we did hit the true. pure one. I mean, I just I I I blush to think we'd ever get this large and successful that we could do the sixty nine thousand. Oh no, six hundred ninety six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and honestly, now you, you that even wouldn't be pure because you wouldn't have a a, a match set. You you'd need to get the six hundred thousand, oh. and there's no way. No, yeah, no, no. Just, no, come on, come on, that's not happening. Uh, the other big thing that the thing that I found the most fun is um, I had kind of in, uh, break glass in case of deep, deep night boredom. Um, the day before, I had some free time and I spent my time uh, finding a bearded gentlemen from the James Bond franchises and cutting out their mouths in Photoshop. Uh, in a way that I can superimpose my mouth onto them and mm-hmm. talk in their behalf. And we had a lot of fun in the dead of night. I was doing a John Reese Davies. Yeah. Cause he pops great. up in the, the, the Timothy Dalton, uh, James Bond. Uh, I got Mark Hamill for some reason. I think that was a late game. I did some, my, my Mark Hamill Joker impersonation. Uh, you did Johnny do Don Doe Baker, what? Yeah, I, I Donnie Don. I don't know what his real name is. At it's this Joe point. Don Baker, Joe right? Don Baker, sure. And I think I was I was doing Donnie Joe Baker or Johnny Doe Baker. I don't know. Johnny Doe Baker is pretty funny, <laughs> but I basically played him as like a used car salesman for 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 weapons for uh-huh. like uh, yeah. Sure. It was it was, it was good. I had. And then uh, I found the perfect carrot and stick. I had angry Rick from The Walking yes. Dead scream at people to give money. And then uh, Good Times Riker <laughs> right. would come in. And they both sp- <laughs> spoke with the exact same accent, uh-huh. it turns out, because I can't keep shit straight late at night. Yep. Uh, but that stuff was slaying. I still think it's super funny. I'll, I will po- uh, post links to some of these clips in this sh- these show notes if you want to check them out because, uh, yeah, yeah, particularly the John Reese davies uh, I also did, um, oh, God, who plays Hagrid on Robbie Coltrane? I also did Robbie Coltrane's Russian, uh, you know, ex-Cold War arms dealer <laughs> from, from the, the, the Pierce, yeah, from Goldeneye. Um, is good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, did dueling Sean Connery impersonations at one point during the night? You no. Someone challenged you to do your impression of me doing my Sean Connery impression, <laughs> right? Which was funny. Um, they had. There's one. There's one point where my I'd set an alarm to remind myself to do the next uh, giveaway, 
and it was going off for five minutes because it was during a tense James Bond's like end of movie sequence where there was like a bomb counter going off. And I just thought it was part of like the suspense music. And then I realized, holy shit, why is that thing still beeping? James Bond diffused. Yep. Oh shit. It's by phone. I feel uh, like it was part. It was during Moonraker, maybe during that space it station I think scene. It was, and it was so chaotic and insane. I assumed it was. Yeah. Part. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was diegetic. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, we had, uh, you know, as is tradition, whenever we beat their fundraising goal, we have victory waffles that I cook on air. Mm-hmm. You brought and some Jim over to my are, house. Jim and I are neighbors now. So I ran some hot waffles over. We had gotten a f- ice storm. Yeah. I could not quite climb his frozen steps or no, I did. I did. I braved them. I actually mm-hmm. did get up there. Um, but, but yeah, that was, uh, those were tasty waffles. And then uh, we also had the, there's a fine tradition of people kind of yoloing a big sum of money at the end. Uh, I think Freddie is the one that started that, where he yep. like single handedly put us over. What was that first total? Was it ten? Maybe ten. It might have been like six or something. I don't know. It was much I don't, lower. I, yeah, I, I have to go. Like, yeah, I have to go back and look at our history. But uh, yeah. Safi came in with the nearly five hundred dollar hammer. Yeah, uh, to bring us at over twenty thousand dollars in the final moments of the marathon. So, uh, jo- joining the 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 legend of generosity pantheon there. Um, I think that's about it. Like I said, it's a great time. It's one of those things where it's hard to describe what it feels like uh, to be up for twenty four hours entertaining people and also just you know, bringing in tons of money like that. Just such a waterfall comes in at the end because everybody, you know, starts waking up on the West coast and seeing how things are going and the money just starts rolling in. And we did something incredible. Like I said, we were very close to make it $21,000 going to be really pleased to cut a big check uh, to the cure owls fund people. And I guess it's a good time to hand it off. I did an interview a couple days ago with Connor uh, he's going to talk about what the Cure Owls uh, Fund people have been up to. There's a new uh, a test for Alzheimer's that they've developed that's going to be coming out this year. Uh, we're going to talk about some breakthroughs in research and some FDA uh, approval and funding and what that means for the future of Alzheimer's. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we have a, a conversation coming up with uh, Connor and the Cure's Alzheimer's Fund right now. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, okay, well, we are now ready for the uh, part of the wrap-up podcast. Where we're going to talk to uh, some of the people that uh, we were, were helping to raise money with. Uh, we got an interview with Connor from the Cure Alzheimer's Fund. He's the manager of leadership in their Heroes program. Uh, you can find all about the Cure's Alzheimer's Fund at CureAls. So that's Q-U-R-E-A-L-Z dot org. You could also find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cure Alzheimer's. Connor, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Uh, we're thrilled to be back for year number two. Yeah, we uh, we were talking about this a little bit in the pre-show, but like when I was looking at this year, 2022, and thinking about, you know, like what, because that's always like, you know, what what goal, what fundraising goal should we be hitting here? You know, like um, I, I've, I've always found it like somewhat demoralizing if you set like a really high goal and then you don't hit it. So I'm like, well, you know, Last year, we had this this confluence of events where all the movies we watched, all these Star Trek movies were on Amazon Prime so people could easily join and sync up with us. And this year, we were reverting back to, since we're doing a James Bond marathon, most of those weren't on Prime. So, like, people would have to manually sync it. And it's not, I don't think, as inherently as interesting. So, I was worried that, like, we wouldn't be able to get to that lofty number of 17,000 and change. And we end up, uh, the totals... Uh, for do- sheer donos, we had twenty thousand one hundred twenty dollars, another hundred forty six dollars in bits, and another two hundred sixty seven dollars in subs, which brought our grand total up to twenty thousand dollars five hundred twenty thousand five hundred thirty three dollars and five cents. It's just incredible, and it's I think it's a testament to not only the incredible work that you and Jim do, but just how incredible the Bald Move community is. That you guys were able to keep setting records. Like we are so grateful that you guys chose to support Cure Alzheimer's Fund. But that number, it's it's staggering. It's incredible. Great job. It's, it's an easy cause to to raise money for. It's like it always surprises me how many people, um, how how this has touched so many people's lives. I mean, the reason that I I was um, kind of leaning towards this charity a year ago is because, as I've said, you know, I, we we lost my grandfather to Alzheimer's and. It's one of those diseases that takes your loved one years before like death does, you know, and it's it's particularly right. cruel that way. And and if you if you live through it or you know someone that has like a friend or family member, um, it impacts your life forever. Um, so it's it's really easy to like, hey, we're trying to end this terrible disease. Here's a good charity. Um, I want to spot, you know, like uh, I'm encouraging people to and this will be linked in the show notes. If you want to get the in-depth uh, overview of Alzheimer's and the cure Al's folks, certainly go back and listen to my interview with Connor from last year because we definitely hit all those points. But for people who are too lazy to follow through a link, which I know <laughs> I'm one of those people, um, what 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 is Alzheimer's? What what is it? Yeah. So simply put, Alzheimer's is the most common form of dementia. In fact, it accounts for roughly 75% of all dementia cases, which is a rate so high that people often incorrectly use the terms interchangeably. Mm. But what this really is from a scientific sense is, you know, Alzheimer's is the deterioration of your cognitive function, your ability to think, your memory, your ability to comprehend, but it's beyond what's normally expected from the aging process. So it's normal, you know, as we age, we slip a little bit, we might... uh, Forget where we put the car keys a little more often, but Alzheimer's is when you forget what the car keys are for mm. in the first place. So it's it's really 
beyond what you'd normally expect to see in terms of deterioration. And what's sad is, you know, as you said, it's almost impossible to find someone who doesn't have their lives impacted in some way by Alzheimer's disease. There's 50 million people in the world right now afflicted with Alzheimer's, but millions and millions more who are having their lives impacted from either being uh, around a loved one, a friend, a family member who's suffering from this. And then they have to act as an unpaid caregiver, which is an incredible emotional and physical strain or the sheer financial burden of dealing with an Alzheimer's diagnosis. It has a devastatingly long reach and it's the only leading cause of death with no cure. Mm. So left unchecked, this thing's only going to get worse, which is why it's so important to support Alzheimer's research and selfishly organizations like Cure Alzheimer's Fund. How many people, just to get an idea of the scope of this problem, how many people do we think suffer from this, uh, either in America or worldwide, uh, whatever you think uh, is the better metric there? Yeah, so right now there are around 50 million people who are afflicted worldwide, uh, 6 million of which live right here in the U.S. But the sad reality is that number could be even higher because until you know just recently, we really don't have, didn't have a great way to identify who has Alzheimer's versus who has dementia, or even who's on the path to developing Alzheimer's. You know, so often it's not until it's too late uh, to really do anything that we find out that somebody really has Alzheimer's. Now, I remember with, um, there's a friend of mine who didn't really realize that his grandfather had Alzheimer's until he crashed the family car. But we need to have ways to identify who has that earlier. And until we do, that number could be millions higher than it is. It's one of those things, too, because I know there's a genetic component that I know uh, one of the things that affected our family is my dad became terrified. Uh, it still is to this day. He's in the seven. He's in the mid 70s and seems to be in good sound, sound mind. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, he got like terrified that like, oh, my God, if you like I said, I forgot my car keys. Oh, my. Is it happening? And he would obsessively do like cryptograms and and crosswords and things like that to kind of like check to see if, if, if there's any decline. And I found as I'm entering my middle 40s. I'm starting to like that's starting to like haunt me like, oh, my God, I just had this kind of senior moment. Is this um, so it's like you, you mentioned that footprint of just like uh, the care. You know, it's, it's that 50 million people, 60 million people. And then the footprint of the five to 10 people that are caring for them, caring about them. And then the lingering kind of like trauma that 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 does to I don't think our I don't think my dad's side of family ever recovered from the experience yeah, no. of caring for my grandfather for those four or five years. Absolutely. No. And it's, as you said, it's tough. Cause you know, I saw both of my paternal grandparents go through this. And now when I misplace my glasses for a couple of minutes, for some reason, I put them on the kitchen counter, right? 10 minutes later, I'm wondering, Oh God, what's happening? Cause there is, as you said, that genetic component. Now it should know genes are not the, uh, the sole cause sure. of Alzheimer's. Sadly, anyone can get it, but once you know it's in your family, no, it absolutely does heighten your your fear levels, as you said. Is that an L? Because like I, is that an L? Like, what is the elevated risk if you have someone with Alzheimer's in your family? Just out of curiosity, I'm, I'm morbidly fascinated by. Oh no, no hey, me too. I I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to find a cure for somewhat selfish reasons as well. Sure. You know. But, um, yeah, so there are certain genes that we have that can impact your uh, general risk to get Alzheimer's, but there are also genes that can protect you against Alzheimer's. Uh, there are people that 
are called super agers who could live to be 120 and still be sharp as a tack. And that's actually, sorry, I'm going off on a side note, but that's actually a subject of a couple of our projects is looking at these agers and figuring out, you know, what can we do to pass that trait on to everyone else, but, uh, be it through drugs or therapies or something like that. Uh-huh. But there are uh, certain genes, like uh, the most famous one is called APOE4, where if you have two copies of this gene, then you are just about guaranteed to get early onset Alzheimer's disease which is just a devastating diagnosis. And when we don't have anything that we can really do for you, then that becomes a, do you really want to ring that bell? Cause you right. can't go back once you know, right. It's tough, but man, well, what is the yeah. cure Al's mission? Cause I know there's a few charities out there that, that kind of specialize in, in Alzheimer's. What, what is cure Al's all about? What sets you apart from the others? Uh, what's your primary focus, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So at Cure Alzheimer's Fund, our mission is to fund research with the highest probability of preventing, slowing, or reversing Alzheimer's disease. And we do this by tasking our research leadership group, which is a team of about 32 world-class researchers from institutions across the globe. We task them with guiding our funding and empowering scientists to pursue their big, bold ideas by providing them the seed funding to get their big projects off the ground. Uh, what's more than that is we actually focus most of our funding in on a very overlooked area of Alzheimer's research called foundational research. So we look into the pathology of Alzheimer's, how this starts, how it stops, how it spreads. Because if we don't have that covered, then it we're basically making drugs with a blindfold on. Now, we've been at this for uh, over 15 years now. I'm proud to say we've made some progress. Many of the drugs that you read about in the news are based on work that we helped uncover, that we funded. So we're very proud of that. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention at the end of this that what really sets us apart is our board of directors covering all of our overhead expenses so that truly 100% of every donation, every single penny that you and your community raised can go directly to Alzheimer's research. I love saying that. That's such a great... Uh, call to action because you know I, I've I've you know I've, I feel like I'm pretty savvy in, as far as the charity as a support and you go to the different you know charity watch dog groups and stuff and you look at the efficiency and I remember when I saw your guys's it was like through the roof and and I was wondering like you know how that's possible and the answer is yeah you guys have some wealthy benefactors on your board that just eat those costs and it's so great to be able to say that yeah there isn't going to be 15 percent of this is going to pay Connor's although you need to get paid obviously. Uh, but oh, like yeah. it's, it's it feels good to know that that dollar is going to go right to the microscopes, petri dishes, and, and people in white lab coats that are that are they're working hard on the cure. Uh, oh, absolutely! I'm not insulted when people say they don't want to pay my salary. I understand. <laughs> right, right. I think it's a little rude, but that's fine. Sure. But no, it does, and it does make my job a whole heck of a lot easier to be able to say that every single penny really is helping to move us closer to a cure. Like it's a fundraiser's dream. So what is the, the, that's that's the mission that's the dream that's the goal what what's the current state of research maybe in like um our understanding of the disease first because you talk about doing all this foundational research mm-hmm. what do we what have we what have we uncovered about alzheimer's uh and then we'll talk about maybe some exciting developments that have come around recently Yeah absolutely so more than anything i think the best way to describe the state of alzheimer's research is hopeful In the past, I would even say five years, it feels like we have made the progress that is barely matched by the last 30 or 40 years before that. It's 
just this tidal wave of developments that it's been so energizing to be a part of. Uh, we've got projects right now that we've tried to fund a very wide array of projects into the pathology of this disease. If somebody is working on uh, the lymphatic system that runs throughout our body, we want to fund them to see how that impacts the brain in order to see, because this is a, Alzheimer's is a holistic disease, right? Like something that goes on in your gut can be impacting your brain. So we want to really be sure that we are truly covering all of our bases when it comes to this disease. And some of the things that we've uncovered, it's been uh, some interesting discoveries with the relations to genetics and Alzheimer's with this fun little, I think I talked about this last year, about this Alzheimer's in a dish model where you can actually recreate the human brain in this Petri dish and test existing drugs in this you know, false brain to see what, if any, effect they have on Alzheimer's disease. We continue to build that up into a more exciting one-to-one model of the human brain, which is accelerating our drug development process. Uh, we are making progress with the superager group. Uh, there's been plenty of lifestyle studies into the benefits of sleep, uh, your diet, uh, your ability to interact with others, things like that. But we are, seem to be creating new breakthroughs every day. And the most exciting of which is this brand new blood test that's come out of a couple of our researchers over at Washington University in St. Louis. But what this is allowing us to do is really flag who's at risk of Alzheimer's earlier than ever before. And if we can find out who had, who is on the path to Alzheimer's, that's going to give us much more accurate results when it comes to these clinical trials. Because right now, there's a lot of drugs out there that if we give them to people too late in the process, they're already showing symptoms, it's too late. Like the drug's not going to be effective. So we don't know if we have an effective drug for preventing Alzheimer's disease. By tagging these folks even two or three years earlier than we ever will have before, we'll be able to get more accurate results and really know what the state of play is with the uh, drug development game and Alzheimer's. It's a huge win for the field. We're very proud of this. That is huge. I, you, know, you mentioned the dichotomy or the, I guess, the, 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 the double-edged nature of this sword is that uh, if you don't have an effective cure or therapies, like, do you want to know? But I, I guess, like, I would. I would like to know right now at 45 if I'm going to get Alzheimer's in the next 15 to 20 years because it would change the way I live my life. Like it changed the way I plan for my, my life in, in the same way that like, you know, like, uh, Hey, you should cut out the sodium in your diet because you might have blood pressure is different when you're 20. And when you're 45 and the doctor's like, you're hypertension, you got prehypertension and you're going to have to put on, be put on medicine. It's like, Oh, well maybe I need to cut, you know, it's time to start, you know, it's like, it's, it's more real. It's no longer a chance. I, I think that, uh, I can definitely see why people wouldn't want to know, but I also can see, not just from like an early therapy, but like, yeah, just it, it I think changed the way you live. I, I, I'd hope it changed the way I live my life. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a weird thing. Like I, I would land more on the side of I don't want to know because yeah. I, I just don't want that weight hanging over me. But I don't think there's a right or wrong said, answer for sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like it's there are pros and cons to it both. But one of the things that, you know, my wife and I have been doing a lot more recently is uh, following like the Mediterranean diet, which yeah. is a lot of, you know, it cuts out a lot of red meats. And, right. Things like that. It's a lot more nuts and healthy oils, things like that, which is supposedly good for brain health. So it's, you know, once, like you said, having Alzheimer's in your family, it can be traumatizing. Like, I'm just, uh-huh. I'm a glass half empty kind of guy in my personal life. So I just want to 
you know, doing all I can to stave off what I think is coming. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned it's a tough thing to balance. The thing that you mentioned last year, where I was like, "Oh shit," was you were like, "How, how crucial getting uh, adequate sleep is to like preventing yes. Alzheimer's." Like that's like the brain being able to clean and maintain itself, and if you rob it of that cycles, whatever. And like traditionally, I have been like a five to six hour a night kind of guy, and and I will say that that was a call to action in the last year. I've really tried to improve my sleep health health. And because, uh, yeah, yeah. And that, but that's the kind of stuff it's like, ah, you know, I can burn the midnight oil. But if you knew, if you knew, it's like, man, I, I need to get that eight hours. But uh, right. and it should be noted. Um, there has been some developments in sleep and it's still still crucial. Still do your best to get your eight hours. But it's also individualized. You know, no two human brains are the same. Like I right. could um, I might need 10 hours of sleep to get the effective cleaning that you might be able to get in six hours. Same thing with exercise. For a long time, it was, um, you know, exercise is good for your brain health, but you have to break a sweat to do it. Well, now it's, you know, even if you just take 5,000 steps in a day, that might be enough. It really does change person to person, which is part of what makes Alzheimer's such a tough disease to crack because everyone's brains are wired just a little bit differently. It's just finding those common threads that we can really, you know, improve upon. All right, I'm setting my bed. I'm setting my bedtime back to two o'clock in the morning. Connor says it's uh, who not no. Uh, yeah, the 24 hour stream's not that bad for your sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like we're doing this to demonstrate the real time Alzheimer's damage that we're taking. Uh, <laughs> I, I think you can definitely see it by the end of the stream. Uh, so, like, you talk about the the blood test. You guys are justifiably really proud of that. When, by the way, when uh, if someone wanted to talk to their doctor about that for peace of mind purposes, or they're scared that maybe they're starting to see some signs, or you're worried about it, when is that something that's going to be something a doctor could like order up as a test? So it is likely going to be in the near future. I'm a little uh, leery to put an exact sure, time on sure. it, just in case something you know, I. God love the FDA, but don't you know it can sometimes things get gummed up in the works and it get delayed. But I would say it's coming in the near future. This thing is, it used to be a, a work of science fiction, but now it's really coming down the pipe. I would say a year at most would be when this thing's going to be available. We're very excited for this. Wow. Uh, yeah. Something that happened since we talked last time, as I saw a lot of, because, you know, again, I'm I'm personally interested in this. Um, and sure. uh, I, I noticed a lot of places I like, you know, front page of Reddit, this stuff hits because I think, you know, a lot of people are concerned about it. And I saw in the last few months that uh, there was some recent FDA approvals or maybe I'm not even sure if it's approval or an agreement to fast track um, this uh, ad you helm. Uh, I'm not sure yep. how if I'm pronouncing. It, I'm not very good at that stuff. But there's, uh, I, I'm not sure what what is this. Can you talk a little bit about this 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 development and uh, like what it actually does for people who suffer for Alzheimer's or maybe as a prevention or just, just talk a little bit more about it in general? Yeah, absolutely. So, Adjahelm is a drug that's been coming down the pipeline for a while, and it's sort of been uh, wherever it goes, it's sort of been followed by controversy. So. Hmm. Adjahelm is essentially a preventative. Even if this works perfectly, it should be noted, it's not necessarily a cure. So this is a drug that's designed to be given to patients when their symptoms are just starting to show during a phase called mild cognitive impairment. So the very beginning of Alzheimer's disease. So in your brain, there are these plaques called beta amyloid. And the prevailing theory is that Alzheimer's begins when you accumulate too much of this plaque in your brain. 
this is the same thing that when you go to sleep, your brain is working to clear out. But add your home works by using this antibody to tag these plaques and trigger your brain's immune system to begin breaking them down, theoretically halting the Alzheimer's process right there. So despite the FDA approval, there's a lot of red flags with this drug. So for starters, no one is really sure if Adjahelm provides a benefit for Alzheimer's patients. So that controversy I talked about was that the data showed that it does successfully remove and limit the amount of plaque in your brain, but they sort of had to mess around with their trial in the middle of the process in order to get the results that showed that it was beneficial. So about halfway through their clinical trial, Biogen, the parent company, up the dosage of at Jahome for a small subsect of their participants. Now, only the group that received this increased dose showed a substantial cognitive benefit from receiving this drug, while the rest of the participants sort of aligned with the same results as those who were receiving a placebo, so a sugar pill. Now, additionally, Adjahelm is expensive, it's time-consuming to receive, and it's a little uncomfortable, some of the side effects. So it requires patients to head to the hospital each month for the rest of their life, to get an hour-long IV drip. which it's almost like a dialysis, it sounds like. Right. So it's essentially you have to keep going in because this drug, if it works, is preventing Alzheimer's disease. It's not reversing anything. It's uh, It blows out the amyloid beta that's in your brain, and then you have to have a maintenance dose the rest of your life. And the yearly cost looks like it's going to be around $100,000, wow. much out of pocket, because insurance and Medicare are still iffy on its effectiveness and whether or not they should cover it. Mm, mm. So it's this giant mess of, yes, it's so hopeful that this thing was approved, but there's so many red flags. And but as you said, it was approved under this accelerated process called uh, breakthrough status with the FDA. So this is saying the FDA knows that Adjahelm is successful in controlling plaque level in the brain but there's not enough evidence to confidently say it will help Alzheimer's patients. So while it's allowed to be on the market because Alzheimer's is such a pervasive problem in our society and we want to get something, that it's allowed to be on the market while Biogen goes back to conduct another trial to prove that this drug does work before they get their full approval. So I think it's until they have until 2030, something like that. As I said, things get gummed up in the FDA. Sure. Uh, 2030 to show how this thing works. But I know that sounds very negative, and I also know that I've just thrown, covered a lot of ground very quickly, but I can't take away that this Adjahelm, it's still a groundbreaking Alzheimer's drug. And while it's too expensive to be practical and only serves those at the very, very beginning of Alzheimer's, but this is still the first ever Alzheimer's drug approved for changing the course of the disease and not just treating symptoms. But this, it's breaking the glass ceiling on Alzheimer's drugs, and we can only hope that this is, people are going to build on this moving forward. Yeah, and it seems like if you could just increase, uh, you know, demonstrate the efficiency, get the cost down, and then combine it with things like your blood test where you uh, are getting earlier and earlier uh, uh, diagnoses that this could be something that is, is exciting in the future. Or like you said, like if it's, if this isn't quite the one, you know, they, it, it, it's a potential, like uh, I'm not sure the mechanism and how this works, how it does blow that plaque out. But like sometimes those breakthroughs 
lead to, you know, more efficient ways or better ways to do the same thing because you found a new pathway or channel in the body or um, something that's the head. So I, like I said, I, I, I was really, I remember when I, I first reached out to you, I'm like, I've heard a lot of stuff about blah, blah, blah. And, and you're like, caveat, 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 caveat. And that's yeah. good. But yeah, I'll, I'll get, I'll get a little bit excited. The fact that, like you said, we have the first ever perhaps thing that can halt, uh, you know, the progression of Alzheimer's. That would be huge. Um, Absolutely. And you know, it, it hurts cause you're not alone in reaching out, being excited about this drug and it you don't hurts like to, my soul you to like have to stamp like on any break. Brakes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it, it crushes me, but the promising thing is, you know, uh, one of my colleagues actually sort of compared it to uh, the development of the computer, you know, like these used to take up entire rooms. They weren't necessarily efficient. And now, you know, we sent somebody to the moon with less than what we have in the palms of our hands, sure. with our smartphones now. Mm-hmm. So it's just the fact that we have something approved. This is going to allow some, I think, better drugs that are coming behind it and not too far away to go through that approval process. Because at the end of the day, what the FDA is saying by granting this breakthrough status is that they are getting behind this amyloid hypothesis theory of how Alzheimer's begins, something that our researchers have been spouting for years. But the fact that this was the first one to get approved is just going to make it more and more likely that other drugs coming up behind it with similar targeting mechanisms are going to be able to hopefully sail through the approval process. And there is one coming up from uh, Eli Lilly, currently called Denetimab. Please don't ask me to spell it because God knows I can't. I couldn't even pronounce it again. What was that? Denetimab. Okay. Which sounds sort of like something you just spit onto a, like you just threw some random uh, keys on the keyboard and that's what came out. But <laughs> yeah. But this drug, it acts in a very similar way, but early returns seem to say that it's going to be a little bit cheaper, a little bit safer from a side effect standpoint, and crucially, a little bit more effective. Now, maybe it starts as an IV drip, but the idea is, you know, technology changes, and maybe we can get this down to a pill that you take once a month versus heading into the hospital. So Agihelm's probably not the answer, but... It's undeniably a massive step forward for Alzheimer's research. It's just a shame that the first one had to be you know, so covered in controversy. Is there, is there you mentioned, uh, we talked about Adjahelm and maybe that's not quite it. And then the Denabinab, uh, whatever that was, is there, is there any others that are kind of like, did you see they're kind of circling in the holding pattern that, that, that look uh, promising as well? Uh, yeah, there are a few others that look promising. I terribly shy. I don't know names. One is from a company called Amalex that actually just had, they're having great success with this drug that um, we helped fund for Alzheimer's, but it turns out that it's done a lot for ALS patients. Hmm. And it was the first drug approved in, I think, decades perhaps to help fight ALS. But they're just starting their trials on Alzheimer's as well, and that's seeming very promising as well. And that one does work a little differently than this one. I apologize. I don't have all the specifics on that one. Um, but there are a couple other drugs, one other from Lilly, one other from Biogen that do look like they could be promising. And they're just a, a couple of years behind Agile. So what in, in your, your gut feeling, uh, how close to a cure? This is something I'll probably ask you every year. Uh, how close to a cure do you think, do you think we are? Are we well, like a decade, two? 
That is, this is speaking solely for myself and not representing Cure Alzheimer's Fund, but I would say 10 to 15 years, maybe, because it does feel like we are building that momentum towards something. And I think we're going to have a disease modifying treatment before then. But the problem is that, you know, what we're close to right now is preventative, which is excellent. If we can, you know, if we can push Alzheimer's off that you won't get it until you're 150, well, thankfully, I think something else is going to get me first. So I'll take that as a win. But it's that next step of reversing Alzheimer's disease for those who already are suffering from this, that sort of remains a little bit farther out. That would be like literally a cure out of the Bible. I mean, like if you could, if you could get to something where you could inject somebody for something for of course a six months and they slowly get recover. I can't even imagine what that would do to fit for families. Oh uh, no, it would be, it would be incredible. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. I can't imagine it would work like that, but gosh, you'd hope that you're recovering what you've lost as well. Yeah. Uh, or yeah, I guess that even, even halt if we could catch it early and halt it, but like, you know, it's like that span, if there was ever like something that you could add, that'd be, that'd be incredible. And that's the thing is like, I, you know, some people might be skeptical because I know a lot of times when you talk about stuff, it's like, it seems like it's always, I think of, uh, ever since I was a little boy, I was excited about nuclear fusion, you know, and like how that'd be mm-hmm. a future. And it's like always been 25 years away. Right. And right. I saw something like interesting, like five years ago, a scientist said, well, yeah, that's right. But if you look at the funding levels of nuclear fusion research, like it never in- ramps up and it always stays the same or even kind of cut. So it's like, yeah, if we were still funding it the way we were in the 80s, we might have that. And uh, it's just something to keep in mind when we're talking about this stuff is like these things will advance at a certain rate as long as the funding is there to advance it. And I hope that we can keep, you know, that that fun that fun curve on the bald moose side keep ramping up each year. Uh because yeah, like I said, this is something I'm passionate about. I know a lot of people in the community are passionate about, and uh I'm just uh glad we're able to partner up with you guys. Um is there anything else that we should cover or that you think the people should know about the Alzheimer's or your your foundation, your fund? Well, uh, the one thing that I would say, you know, these projects that we fund, like we provide the seed funding, they're small grants comparatively, but each grant is still, you know, $100,000 or more. Like these things are pricey. So every little bit that we can get helps. So just to be able to have, you know, 20 plus thousand dollars from you guys, this is, it's an incredible thing. So we are so grateful for your guys' support and these projects, these advancements that we make, they're not possible without folks like you. So thank you. Thank Jim. Thank the entire Bald Move community for all that you guys have done for us. This we, is great. We will. I'm very, very pleased and very proud. And I'm looking forward to doing it again in uh, uh, 2023. My God. Uh, we're living That's in, not a real year. I know. We're living, in, we're living in the Jetsons era without flying <laughs> cars. Uh, but hopefully we'll have a, a cure or a, a halt to Alzheimer's uh, within 10 to 15 years. Connor, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I look forward to working with you again next year. Looking forward to uh, signing this big old check over to you at the end of the month. And uh, I'm I, again, it's, uh, you guys have been wonderful partners. Uh, thanks for coming on. And uh, again, we'll look forward to doing it again next year. Yeah, thanks for having me. I can't wait.